0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk Footnotes. I am one of your hosts, Damien Abraham, and your other host and driver on this road trip to destiny, Chris O'Toole. Chris, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good, Damien. How's it going?
0: Good. It's not like we haven't been talking for the past <laughs> like 48 hours of driving or anything, yeah. and then on stage every night. But uh, you're hearing us in the midst of the Turned Out of Punk live tour, and... Uh, How's it been going for you, buddy?
1: It's been great. I think think you would attest that the last, well, 48 hours of the tour, but certainly the last 12 to 18 in particular have been insane. Yeah, insane. Uh, Which I don't know if we want to bury the lead on that yet. But, um, yeah, it's great. It's going great.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like, we've, uh, you know, uh, Chris drove over. I uh, met him. We got in the car. And uh, we've been kind of just doing it. Like, you know, going every night, podcasting. You're going to be hearing all these podcasts in the upcoming weeks. So I don't know if we should give away spoilers on that stuff. Because it might be like people are just like... Not spoilers, but just like people get bored of hearing the same stories over and over again. You already get enough of that when I repeat the stories on this show. (laughs) Um, But we uh, do have to talk about a very pressing issue. Which is the Lars Fredrickson episode of Turned Out a Punk. Yes, Uh, One of the all-time great guests that's ever been on this show, coming back for a part two. Uh, Because we're in the car right now, en route to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're not going to be hearing any of our uh, award-winning mailbag, Yeah. but that's fine, because we are uh, more than happy to just talk about the episode this week. Totally. Uh, We... But should we get to, like, should we do the, uh, the usual business? It feels like we just jumped into the episode, we're not, like, we bought records. You could talk about going record shopping.
1: Yeah, sure. Like, so, well, first date was in Boston, well, Alston, technically, but Boston for, for general purposes, and uh, literally the first thing we did upon parking <laughs> was went to a record store. Yep. Um, so Damien and I still have it, as they say. Uh, if they got the band back together the songs would play the same as they did yes a decade ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah it was great We had it was a good kind of diggery store if that's a word.
0: yeah in your ear records yeah in Boston
1: and uh, just very interesting stuff. We didn't get any like crazy heat but nor could we afford it likely but true uh, yeah I th- it was really interesting. a lot of cool Left. ephemera. Mm-hmm. We found... Mm-hmm. I guess we should do the humble North. brag now. Uh, we got that... Uh, uh, Dave Martin sent in... Uh, regular contributor Dave Martin sent in an image that we posted to the Facebook probably a few weeks ago now of that promo from... I think it was Sire.
0: Yeah, it was the Sire New Wave series. Yeah, when they started Sire New putting Wave. In. And
1: it had uh, Richard Hell and the Voidoids and First Ramones cover. Uh, I can't remember who else. Anyway, this store had it. Uh... Like not on the wall Like whatever As a diorama On the wall Whatever Hanging yeah. Hanging And we were Minds blown That we were seeing This thing that we had never seen Until three weeks ago And yet seeing it again So yeah Some cool stuff
0: Some really cool stuff And like And we saw it again Later on that night when We yeah. were at record shopping After the show Yes At guest Cooch's house Yeah And uh, he had one too
1: Yeah So What we're trying to say Dave With love Is that you're not that special I guess <laughs>
0: That's saying, I think you're special No, I'm joking. Dave's
1: Dave Dave funny. Martin not
0: even getting a mail piece of mail read this week. No. But still as regular contributor Shout out. coming up.
1: Shout out.
0: Coming up on the show. Um, so I guess uh, yeah then we did, the day after we drove to Philadelphia. I'm oh, sorry, we drove to DC. Washington, Washington DC. DC. Got there and uh, after one kilometer, I guess like Credit where credit's due to Jason mocker like a returning guest to the show. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest people in the world. You'll hear that on that podcast that's coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, also, one of the most gracious hosts yeah, I've right. ever had.
1: Lovely man. I'd never met him in person. Uh, Damien has change falling out of his pockets by the You can hear that dealing yeah. with pennies over here. <laughs> you can also hear the. Uh, the, the uh, GPS in the background, so that's our nice little uh, addition for folks. But uh, yeah, Jason's lovely, lovely guy. I had never met him. Uh, literally took honestly five seconds to like kilometers. become pals. <laughs> like I'm not like literally five seconds backstage last night, in DC. Uh, and his live stuff was excellent. I can't wait for the, the people to hear it. But uh, yeah, great guy. Put us up. Even better. Just everything is aces.
0: Yeah, everything was awesome, and then this morning we uh, promptly uh, uh, sorry. Then uh, this morning we promptly got up, went for food. Yeah, and I'm glossing over the podcast, but you're going to hear it, so don't worry. I'm I'm glossing over what is an incredible podcast with some unbelievable guests. We got up the next morning, went out for breakfast, and then you know, kind of kind of scratched off a top. Hardcore bucket list yeah, thing for podcast. both of us.
1: Life bucket list, but yeah, definitely hardcore punk bucket list. But yeah, for me, just life in general bucket list. Absolutely.
0: Oh, we went to the Discord house. Yep. Yeah. And hung out, and uh, no podcast. No. But, but you know what? Secure yourself in this knowledge that it was the best podcast
1: <laughs> that you'll never hear. <laughs> no
0: one will ever hear. Yeah. Uh, but it was so much fun. This is the humble brag. Forget the scene, the new wave, uh, yeah, true, you know, dioramas <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. this is this is the one. This is the one. Uh, and then now, then we got in the car and now we are driving to Philly. So now you're up to date on what's happening with us. Yeah. Let's uh, tell them how they do, how they can get in touch with us if they do want to send yeah, us. Yeah, like
1: normally we have a mailbag segment, which of course we don't have because I'm literally driving a car and I cannot read email at the moment. And I can't um. use
0: a computer properly enough on my own to yeah. set it up
1: nor do we have connection to the internet presently Uh, but turned out a punk footnotes at gmail.com is how you reach us Uh, we receive uh, fairly regular contributors by and large but anything that's obscure and weird we love to get into so uh, feel free to hit us up
0: yeah send send all sorts of fun cool punk and hardcore and new wave and ska secret ska related (laughs) (laughs) tidbits and factoids and uh pictures uh, you can also if you want to get in touch with me hit me up on various forms of social media at left for Damien you can find me you can find this show on facebook at Turned out of punk uh, at facebook.com slash Turned out of punk it's run by chris's friend and my little brother Tristan abraham and you can also find us on tumblr turn out of punk.tumblr.com and subscribe to this and write a review and rate it but not on the audio quality of this one because this one we're in a car recording on my iphone
1: yeah we figured this is the sonic equivalent to like people who are really into like kill by death stuff that doesn't sound the best, but it's, it's not what it's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you hear the bad brains covering, covering screaming fist, yeah. you don't care that the audio's not that great yeah. because you're hearing the coolest yeah. thing you've ever fucking heard in your life. Yeah. Well, speaking of the coolest fucking things I've ever heard in my life, one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life was Lars's voice on the other end. Of the phone when I was recording this podcast. He is someone that came on the show before. If you listen to part one, you kind of knew what to expect. And I kind of knew what I thought was going to happen. You know, I thought it would be fun and great and a cool follow up. But I don't know, this one might be arguably my favorite of the two.
1: Yeah, I, I, we um, we kind of discussed this prior, but the the, uh, the first time you interviewed him, I was, I, I thought it was really excellent. I think most people kind of universally seem to feel that way. But um, as someone who admittedly wasn't the greatest fan of his groups, uh, I wasn't, not that I wasn't sure how I feel about it, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't think I'd get as much out of it as I did. The second time around, I just thought, first one went so well, I don't expect the second one to go as well. And I was wrong. <laughs> it might have superseded the first for me, apart from the first one saying precedent. But the, uh things he covered and kind of his uh general I don't know, painting the picture of the bay as it was, that all all that stuff is very impressive to me. I think it it's kind of the stuff you don't I don't know, for me at least, you don't really hear in a lot of interviews. Certainly well he doesn't do many as you said, mm-hmm. or as he says, but uh yeah anyway, it was just great. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, like I think that's the thing about uh you know, Lars as a like as a as a person, as a music figure, as a uh someone of prominence in the uh in the the music scene is like you kind of have this idea of what they're like as a person based on yeah. you know the things you've picked up but then he's he's a you know as with everyone you meet i think he's he's much more complicated than the little picture you had painted in your head
1: well totally and it, the, what i liked about this interview i don't know if we we're going to start getting into talking points but
0: well we might as well yeah like,
1: i don't know so i'll kind of take the first one in uh, the funny one i guess which is that the the Econo Christ mention? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say in jest. But uh, hearing like again, geographically that makes sense. But it's just not something I thought I would ever hear like him speak on. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's interesting tying worlds that I don't really put together, uh, being like like uh, you know the abolition kind of scene and like Rancid, for example. Not that they're all that, you know, dissimilar or different or even regionally far away, but, um, yeah, hearing him speak on that was kind of interesting. I thought it was funny that because he's friends, at least with one of them, that it was like this kind of, like, humorous thing that he doesn't like the band, and I don't know. I just thought all that was really great.
0: Yeah, no, he, he I think, like, with Akano Christ...
1: I do think he's wrong on that. I uh, so
0: do I, and I do have an update.
1: Respectfully,
0: he has subsequently revisited O'Connor Christ.
1: <laughs> he says he stands by his opinion. Yeah, which is great. I love that too. Like, yeah, it's down, awesome. down on it. I love it. It's great.
0: It's pretty awesome. Like I, I also uh, had to then ask him because he said he wasn't like a fan of a lot of this crusty stuff. If neurosis was something he was a fan of, and yes, rest assured, he is a fan of neurosis. So. Yeah. All is right in that one, yeah, at least. So and we haven't won him over with O'Connell Christ yet, but we're working. <laughs> Maybe he has to hear the Devo cover first and ease himself into it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go on to the next point. Yeah. Um, I kind of think it's neat. Neat? I kind of <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, he had heard of, he had seen Operation Ivy, heard of Operation Ivy, he had a respect for him, but there wasn't that sort of connection until he's asked to join the band between the two bands. Like, they yeah. played that one show together, he says, his other band. Yep. But, you know, and I, I think that's... I guess it speaks to the fact that this was, like... These areas are geographically pretty close. Like, the idea of something being separated by two hours in somewhere, like, where we're from... Yeah. ...isn't that big of a deal. Like, Agreed, yeah. you're kind of still part of the scene that you're closest to. Or you can be. Yeah, or, yeah, or you, you have not, to be. You know,
1: inherently... Yeah, exactly. Or out of necessity, it makes sense. Yeah, anyway.
0: Whereas, I think... You know, in obviously in the South Bay to the East Bay, which is I don't I don't even know how far that is geographically, not very far. Uh, there is like this whole separate scene, and like California, there's like so many of these little yeah. pockets. unique pockets.
1: Yeah, agreed. I thought so. The most riveting thing for me as as a listener, again, um, apart from his just general, I think he, he, he he's a good interview, but um, hearing a perspective. From a rancid member covering rancid from an outside perspective as to when he wasn't in the band, I found was very interesting mm-hmm. because I never perceived him. Uh, w- I never perceived rancid without him. Yeah, uh, like I've never been like I don't know membership changes and whatnot. So the um, that whole part of his discussion I found really interesting, and the idea that like it wasn't just a sh- like kind of wasn't just a shoe in, and he like like earned his way in and wanted to earn his way in and like the idea that you we discussed this prior too, but like his brother <laughs> saying he was going to beat him up if he didn't join because the band was like a good band he thought he could do it and should do it um and the idea that Rancid was like this unique thing that he liked uh unique to the point where he held it in a certain regard and that's why he worked to be in it mm mm-hmm. And again, it's something that, like, that's not a, it's not something I would have ever known or even considered about that group because when I think of Rancid, I think of uh, Tim and Lars. That's you know, in all due respect to the other members, but those are the two that come to mind immediately. When Poor Matt. No, I listen. <laughs> uh, they're all. I mean, I'm not a Rancid <laughs> fan really, but like, like a. Well, like, they
0: were the ones that had the look. Like they were the yeah, ones with just, the Mohawks like, that the, got exactly. put on. It's it's like it's like and, the Clash.
1: Yeah. It's like Joe and fucking what's his face? Why am I blanking on his name? Um, Mick. Mick, there we go I'm driving That's my uh, excuse um, Poor funny, bass but, yeah. players
0: Are always forgotten
1: Actually, but I love Paul Simonon He's probably my favorite Clash member too He's probably the coolest Looking totally. member of the Clash Absolutely but He wrote Guns of Bricks and It's my favorite Clash song You don't care about it I like Guns of Bricks It's a sick song Have you ever heard about How he wrote that by the way Let's do a digression right now This is the sickest story ever Actually In terms of like Cool band member guy It's actually a very Jonah-like story I feel They're recording Whatever London Calling You know It's all being recorded they all fuck off, apparently, to go, I don't know, eat or do whatever the fuck. Paul Simonin stays back, and he's just fucking around the studio, and he just, like, does the whole song without the vocals. Really? Oh, no, actually, he might even, do, I think he even sings that fucking song. So he might have done the whole fuck, well, the drums, I guess not. But basically, he lays everything down, apparently, and, like, does it. Like, without them. Well, and I was back. like, it's fucking crap. I don't know what the drums, actually, I think about it, but basically, like, wrote and made the song in the studio as the legend. Uh, anyway, that's why it rules. Side digression. That's my clash bit. Uh, back to Branson. Back to <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um <clears throat> Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think he, he talked about it, like, you know, not going to the Gilman and, and not really able to drive. And I think that also is, like, every one of these scenes had its own unique yeah. flavor or vibe.
1: Another thing I think, like, I'd like to just briefly mention is the idea that you... Well, you've been to the Gilman. I've never been never played it you've done both i think right oh yeah
0: so i say oh yeah
1: like oh yeah, Chris. Oh, yeah.
0: captain gilman over here <laughs>
1: so the uh, um the gilman you know to us is another one of these well like uh, outsiders is like a prominent thing yeah you know in the zeitgeist at the least but uh, at a time how conflicted some... yeah thing. perhaps but um point being, it's something I think of in my head as like this point of importance, like something I should maybe visit yeah. or see or have experience I, mean, I haven't, but to, when people are close to it and describing the scene and, and it being like this divisive thing, and I'm not trying to make an accusation about the place or the people there per se, but in in Lars's recollection of events or whatever, thinking of these infamous places as being divisive is not something that you, at least going into this uh, entry level, going into like thinking about punk and the places and the bands it's not something you consider out of the gate Mm -hmm. you just assume like oh it's a sick place everyone will go there everyone will play there people get along you know that's how it is it's actually not really at all like that in many cases but uh so his recollections of things either being involved with them directly or not again is something that's interesting I'm not terribly surprised to hear that there was issues here and there apparently but uh yeah anyway and his sort of like that he was not in the uh, he was not particularly in with the people that, that were the uh, I don't know the the barometer of the Gilman let's say or, or whatever you want to say
0: yeah like he goes into it later on in the yeah. interview when he talks about the Tim Yohanan
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah. essay about him which to me is
1: which Tim Yo, I don't even know does Tim Yo, is that Gilman directly I mean it's and Rod he was involved were, yeah, they all They were yeah, they they were, were,
0: yeah for uh, a long time and i I believe right until yeah. passed away. Any
1: of you Bay Area people are. that have issue with this too, you can write in and correct us. That. Yeah, I mean, man. I don't fucking know. Like, I know who these people are, but yeah. But, you know, like, I also, imagine how that would have felt. <laughs> like, had someone in a band. Yeah. <laughs> that story is is actually wild. Like, it was weird because I, I I actually did not know that. And I've, I know of some of the other kind of infamous uh, things associated with the magazine over the years uh, that tend to get, I don't know, for whatever reason, more notice these days mm-hmm. but I wasn't I'm not surprised to, to hear it but I I was I was kind of like the fact that I'd never heard that before amazed me I knew, I'd known the Green Day stuff the, there's something with that but I didn't I don't know I just didn't think Rancid got any uh, they got away with, like they didn't get the grief but apparently they or he, him specifically I guess got we, some grief yeah like I don't think that, yeah because it doesn't seem like
0: this was even about like yeah. the stuff that Green Day got the grief with yeah, it, was it was just it was like,
1: like it was just Very personal as he puts it. (laughs) Very personal
0: attack in a magazine. That had a pretty good distribution. But yeah, that's like that one's never brought up.
1: You're right. I like I did not know know it either. Until that listening to that interview. I gotta get a back issue of Max Rock and Roll apparently. If anyone actually that's more than anything, we never solicited for this and I don't have an extensive MRR, Damien I'm sure has some but if anyone know, like, they're going to put them all up in line eventually, hopefully. So they claim, I believe. But I think they're doing it now, aren't yeah, they? Some, yeah. Anyway, but if people have any of these that, that are the references and want to send caps, I'd love to read that. I'm sure Damien would, too. Yeah, I'd read that. So ref- oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure some, he might be familiar with. I don't have a the, the wealth of knowledge, as, as a lot of people do with that magazine specifically. But uh, anyway, yeah, please send it if you got it, because uh, I'd love to see that stuff. Anyway. Uh, I think, uh,
0: yeah, like that... I guess that was a digression point, but there yeah. was also a point of a point. So yeah, there you go. Um, I thought stuff about all the people they met for the first time was awesome, but I think to me the one the the relationship between the bands that I've always found the most interesting is the Bikini Kill Rancid. Yep. Friendship, nice. and
1: I think like in in like hindsight, it seems like the weirdest pairing yeah. in a certain way. Like it, it shouldn't, but it, yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, there's like. We brought up a lot of them that seemed like, even Rancid and Sick of It All, I think now seems like a natural pairing, but at the time would have been, well, it goes into when you first met yep. Sick of It All. Yep. Like a little weird. And you know, there's like, I, there's a bunch of bands he brought up that, in that he did like that whole thing about touring. They did DBS on that tour. Yeah. They did, um, I can't remember some of the other bands he brought up, but like he brought up a, a, like a list of bands, and it's, you know, I think I even say it to him, there's very few bands that could have fit into all those worlds at
1: once. I agree. And I think that's, um, again, something I've considered over your last two interviews is that that is probably the most, for me at least, the most endearing part of that group, actually. And I never considered that when I was, I would say, like a fan initially of them. Uh, I never really followed them deeply after a certain point. uh, But to look at it now in hindsight, like, yeah, that's a funny, like, uh, it gives credence to why I should maybe care a little more is what I'm trying to say
0: mm-hmm. and I would say like you know of all the bands like like you know you can have people can have their opinions on rancid like I'm sure sh- uh, like, as people are constantly willing to give them your, their opinions about every band yeah. but there are very few bands in punk especially that have put out as solid of three LPS in a row as rancid in a three-year span
1: yeah especially like um, though I mean when I think of like the big kind of groups of that um, era the I think of like the prominent ones for me obviously like Bad Religion them Bad Religion is a bit earlier though so I guess it's maybe a little unfair to compare that but I think No Effects them Bad Religion are like the, the big heavy hitters of those mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'm missing something but like yeah like when you chalk up those and, again, I, this band isn't even, like, entirely my bag, let's say. But, like, yeah, like, you're not, yeah, like, like you know, let's go, and, uh, let's go and...
0: Self-titled, let's go. Self-titled,
1: let's go, and Outcome on the Wolves. Yeah. And Outcome the Wolves is the one that they, they start to lose me on, really. But, like, there's, like, I look at that record now. Like, that's their London calling to me. Um,
0: yeah, it's, like, one of those records that...
1: But it, it's, it, it's like, it's really well done, but it appe- it's it got a wider appeal.
0: Yeah, it's, and like, so, it's their London it's calling also, and, like, that is, like, a... Like a a really bold statement For a band to do And like he talks about it Like he's like If they had signed to a major label Because they're getting approached I thought his stuff about the major labels Was like Yeah Some of the coolest Most like Reasonable conversation About that sort of stuff Yeah totally Um
1: But It was interesting to hear Someone who's been through that Talk about it too Like you hear Other groups kind of Tell stories but often it's like there's no success after either they the the major thing doesn't work or the band then folds but it actually was not the case for Rancid really when you think of it no well reserved I know I gotta park elsewhere
0: well we're gonna be uh, stopping in a second for a brief uh, pee pee break but then we'll hop back on this thing and uh, give you some more Yes, footnotes Well, we're back in the car, on the move again. Uh, Chris, you, you're feeling uh, re- refreshed?
1: Feeling lovely. That, what was it? Maryland Service? Maryland Services. There's a Maryland Service uh, Center that is next level. and I recommend it for anyone who travels through. Anyway. It looks
0: like there's a bunch of them. Like, we passed another one yeah. the other day that was right. like that, too. And, oh. It's our home. It's yeah, you got positive. good food there. Yeah. Clean washrooms.
1: Top-notch bathrooms, which is the most important part. Yeah. So it's, it was a nice
0: place. But, anyway... <laughs> back to punk <laughs> away from services back to punk is um i kind of also was thinking about this while i was ordering my food at that stop that like if you compare an outcome of wolves to all the other bands that put out records around that time period so you have no effects but so heavy petting zoo
1: mm-hmm. uh you have which let's stop you yeah not, not a great record
0: it's not well. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, there's some songs on it that I like, but well, you
1: continue your point. Sorry, go no, ahead. no.
0: But, but you like I was gonna say that one. Yeah. Uh, Green Day's follow Up to Dookie," which comes out, you know, around the was same it time as the song. Oh Nimrod. Or,
1: yeah,
0: I think. Oh no, Insomniac. Yeah,
1: I always forget whatever. But like
0: on. once again, not, you know, it wasn't like they stepped it up. You know, an offspring. Ixane on the ombre.
1: Not like they no, stepped it up. Zero. Yeah, that, you know, like, that gets a zero mark. That one. <laughs> All due respect. I like that first track.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah.
1: Any of it. Uh, i actually don't like any of the records you've mentioned but i know no, what but that's saying. what i'm saying like
0: those because that's a, all those records were those bands well here's stepping here's, down whereas yeah. rancid stepped up you True. know and yeah, how come yeah. the wolves like let's go to any Come the wolves <coughs> they they were like all right we're gonna answer this with a bigger record everyone yeah. else kind of answered it by like almost like a sidestep
1: yeah agreed um I think the other thing to kind of say, for me, if I'm rating like that specific era and those specific bands, again, not really a Green Day fan, but Dookie clearly, despite being a smash success even, for me is like their most, I don't know, concise work, I think Mm -hmm. is is Mm -hmm. a fair thing to say. I'd say that. Uh, For me, it is not my favorite record, but I, I could not fault the argument that Punk and Drublick is probably NoFX's finest hour. Yeah. Uh, in many respects. I feel it's ribbed, but I get... It. Ribbed is more of a nuanced, like, thing for me. Uh, uh, what was I'm, I say? Rancid.
0: I'm yeah. liberal anim- animation, so... <laughs> no, you yeah. know, some of us are...
1: Some of us are a little deeper cut, There's Chris. There's no way you
0: are. That That is... Uh, I, I would probably say that's the one I listen to most these days. <laughs> really? Yeah, but just because, like, I got a coffee on vinyl, like an OG one, so yeah. I've been, like, playing that. That's the
1: most I would probably like... The, yeah, I'm with you. I'd probably like that most these days, too, but I don't ever... I remember, like... It's a good... Like, it's good. Yeah, but
0: so Punk and Drublick... I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I think Punk and Drublick was like the... Uh, well, it's almost like White Trash Two Heaps and a Bean is like the... Uh,
1: yeah, it should, that one would be like... For me, White Trash Two Heaps a Bean still lacks some of the better you're, songs. Your Punk and
0: Drublick is, is where it becomes a, a cohesive statement yeah. more than White Trash Two Heaps a yes. Bean. Yes,
1: whereas Rancid is the interesting one. Because I'm conflicted on the idea of if it's Let's Go or if it's Out on the Wolves.
0: Well, I think Let's Go might be my my favorite like you're like you it's my ribbed
1: yeah yeah it's your ribbed yeah.
0: whereas I think like in Outcome the Wolves if you're looking at like a sonic record like that record like it Let's Go has incredible songwriting like you know like but it's a it's a punk record where in Outcome the Wolves was definitely like you know still rooted in punk but that was a record that was almost like you know like like of the caliber that these bands Like of the yeah. Of the pedestal That these bands Had been put on At that point
1: Yeah agreed I think I think it kind of For me with Rancid Not to say that um,
0: Like No NoFX had followed up Punk and Drubble With The Decline <coughs> I would be like Yo Then it's a then it's a debate yeah, yeah, yeah. But The Decline came way later And that yes, I think yeah, that is my favorite yeah, NoFX yeah. thing
1: Yeah it's not mine But I mean like It's good It's fine Like but um
0: Or the Neos cover
1: <laughs> <laughs> Often referred to on this show Yeah Um for me, with, I think the thing with Rancid more than anything uh, that I would give them credit for, actually, about is you you get the self-titled, then you get Let's Go, and then you just would assume that, like, for me, I would have expected Rancid, like, 2000 self-titled to be the next record. Yeah. Based on just, like, kind of the way I would have not expected An Out Come the Wolves, and I would have not expected Life Won't Wait. Yeah. So, for me, despite... Life won't Wait being a slight departure, and even arguably an outcome the wolves being a slight departure record. Slight in the slightest. But uh Yeah, out come, I, it's yeah, it's Outcome the Wolves as I'm speaking this to myself, that's my so it's it would be Dookie, Punk and Drublick, and Outcome the Wolves would be most representative of these bands in the era. But I would say
0: people. Dookie and Punk and Drublick, that's like Let's Go era. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pre-Green Day Exploding. Well, saying, yeah, so, so, so your argument is that
1: Rancid is more on point in this. I said,
0: Rancid was, like, for, the for like, the... They're not sophomore records, because obviously all these bands have put out tons of records yeah. in this point. But, like, as far as, like, post-punk explosion...
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, when all those bands put out their, like, follow-up yeah. to, like, them being on the mainstream in the spotlight yeah, yeah. records... Rance is the one that stepped up the most.
1: Yeah, I've never thought about that before, but I do think that is a pretty fair opinion, actually, because, again, yeah, like, what if you're comparing the other records we brought up, which is, like, Heavy Petting Zoo, and I don't even remember what the Green Day one is, whatever. Nimrod yeah, like or Insomniac. Or, yeah, either, insomniac either or, again. it doesn't matter. But
0: like, either way, it's like, you know, we, we can't even remember which one came in. <laughs>
1: yeah, we don't have the resource to check them in the years to be accurate with this debate right this minute, too, but, um... Anyway, yeah, I, I'm with you in that. Their first, the, the trajectory of their first three records and arguably fourth record, is interesting and does kind of transcend the other two groups, in my opinion, as well.
0: Yeah, like I think also, Green, like maybe The Offspring. Like you could argue, you could. Okay, I'm gonna make that argument in a second. <laughs> uh, but Green Day with American Idiot, like yeah. not a record that yeah. really responds with resonates with me. I should no. say. Yes. But definitely, that is their. Step up like they stepped up way later. That they is their st- like,
1: exactly yeah. Um, and and, and yeah. ran and, and sorry no. See, effects, I think I think the, the, the di- decline. Yeah, the difference there. Well, decline I think is a reasonable thing to say. Decline I think is in the world of like punk proper, so to speak. Yeah. I don't think American Idiot. Again, all due respect. That becomes a different. That that's not punk. Like that record for me is not a punk. No, writer. I know it's any you're construct like yeah. it. Yeah, but. Yeah, it comes from a, a re- origin of that group that is associated with that. But um, whereas, you know, Rancid stays firmly in the punk vein, whether or not you like them or not. Like, even Oak on the Walls, even Life Won't Wait. Like I said, like, it's a record I don't really hear a lot of people discuss. And, you know, I've, I have a little bit of an affinity for that record. I just remember when it came out. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh...
0: Well, I, I, like, I meant if Green Day put out American Idiot as <laughs> a so follow-up to Dookie. <laughs> yeah, that would have been
1: a huge jump. Like, that would have been, been a jump. huge like. I don't think though. Let's go to I don't know if the wolves. outcome of the wolves is as big a jump from Dookie to.
0: I don't know. Uh, like, there's not a lot of like ska songs. There's not a lot of like, like just te- like.
1: I think the Life Will one is. Oh, definitely that.
0: Life Away But yeah. like, but I think uh, let's even let's go to An Outcome of the Wolves. It's they're radically different. Like, obviously, it's still the same band, still the same vocals, and there's definitely you know I, that that. That kind of rancid's there. You
1: you remember this record more vividly than me, but like all I remember, I used to own it too and traded it actually uh, for an OG Youth of Today record, which I feel no regrets about. But sidebar, um, Maxwell Murder, credible. Yep, great great opener, great track one on a record. Um, but when I think of that record, I think of like mainly. Just a solid, rancid record, like, like let's go, or whatever. With just like great hit song, like hit songs, or whatever. Like Ruby Soho, Time Bomb. That's what I'm saying. There's no there's Ruby Soho song. and there's
0: no Time Bomb on Let's Go. But
1: that to me is the only difference. To me, that doesn't scream of like a gigantic departure. It just screams of Good Morning Charlie. Good morning Charlie. Oh, you're right. yeah, you're like cool. an old friend. You yeah. come and see me again. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like that song, actually, but... Uh. I Actually,
0: now that I'm thinking about it, i got to fucking listen to that song. That song's sick.
1: <laughs> I was not feeling the same as Like, you,
0: you saying Take Warning is the best Operation Ivy it song is. today. Well, Come on. No, I
1: debated it just because it's... it's Again, like... that. But that's... Yeah, it's not... Anyway, yeah.
0: Okay, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of, like... They changed a lot for An Outcome of Wolves. Like, not in the way that they were like... They did. But, like, Lars, it, Lars even talked about it, like... They adjusted by making like the record they wanted to make the yeah. next time. Like it seems yes. like Green Day got up to the you know obviously they were already on the major, but like reacted to their success by by trying to stay the same. Yeah. And I, same and Offspring jumped to the major label and answered that by trying to kind of largely stay the same. In my opinion, you
1: know. I have a theory. Or Ospring, I have a bit of a theory about that though, because when you look at everyone, well, no effects aside, in many ways, the other two major, like, major success. So by the time they're trying to follow up those records, like, they don't... um, Rancid did not have that, like, to to my knowledge, did not have that, like, pressure. Well, I think
0: they had that pressure. Like, maybe not immediately, but I think that pressure was definitely there. Follow Interstate 95 northbound highway north towards Philadelphia. Another toll coming
1: Um, We're on the road. This is where we got told to death. Oh, yeah, we got told to death. We got told to death on the way back
0: Four dollars.
1: Another solid, straight four, yeah. (coughs) This is is the journey for the folks that aren't... Oh, no, did I miss the toll? No way. Oh, it's
0: coming up. Cash, toll.
1: Oh, no, I was going to say. We're still recording here? Yeah, we're still recording. Riveting for the listeners. Um, That means slow down, everybody. Um... Yeah, I don't know. This isn't in, like yeah. We
0: don't need to flog that to death anymore. Oh, uh, like yeah. I, I don't know. I think for me that, good on that that period is such an interesting period yeah. of.
1: I'm with you. I will give you a hundred percent this, and I never thought I would feel this way. And outcome the wolves is really strong comparatively, comparatively to all those things on that same kind of caliber of that era, and arguably is maybe the most concise of any of those groups. Which I never. Well, I think
0: like sure. yeah, like you know, even if you're even if you're not a rancid. Fan. yeah if you were to listen to all those records I'm sure you would agree receive, please? That yeah that that's their best one thank you thank you so like it's it's funny now that we're like you know like here we are <laughs> you know all these years removed from that time period you know in 94 95 yeah. or 90 94 95. And, you know, looking back on it now... Like, all these bands have... And all of them have kind of stuck around, too. Yeah. Like, none of them imploded. Like, it's not like... I guess not a lot of the grunge bands. Yeah, actually, a lot of the grunge bands imploded. But all those punk bands stuck around. Um, but then, like... You know, if anyone's going to go back to any of those records from the post... Or kind of, like, in the midst of the punk explosion... Mm-hmm. And, and look back and reflect on those records... Yeah. I think... I think they'd agree even non-fans that the Ransom one is the the one
1: yeah I, I don't think that's an unreasonable opinion I, the only thing about me that's apprehensive to like concede that is that it's not really for me. that's not what I do personally all that much like I don't I don't ever listen to those records but um, but yeah if like I will like if you asked me quite honestly like will I ever listen to Heavy Petting Zoo ever again without Damien forcing me to do it the answer is absolutely not Like, and it's not because it's so bad I just probably will never listen to it ever again you know Green Day I was never interested in that I never listened to their records Rancid yeah maybe you know yep. they would they're the one conceivably that I would but you know would I rather listen to Punk and Drublick yep you know back to that but yeah yeah I, I don't know like
0: I I we're mm. oh, just talk about Punk and Drublick because that's a record that you know it's the one that meant the most to me at the time yeah uh I, all the effects of records at this point too it's like they, they meant so much to me at the time but it's just like it, I, I, the decline's the one that I find myself going back to and listening yeah. to
1: see for me I'm like with me with the decline that's a difficult sell is I'm fully out on that whole spectrum sonically so the decline came out and I literally shrugged my shoulders and it's great but I don't it wasn't what I want anymore so that if that came out like 10 years earlier I would have been head over heels but if that had come out ten years earlier. It would have
0: upset the uh, delicate balance. <laughs> <It would
1: have. laughs> but like I think when I think of like you know the special kind of like non-talked about no effects thing, I think of like longest line. I don't think of like the decline. Uh, but I yeah, it's 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 excellent. Like it's. But I just yeah, it's not my thing. It's not my world. So I never had any affinity with it. But uh, ironically I was working at record stores also when that came out. And so I, I do remember it, but for me it was just like... There was other groups people going ape over that I also just never understood in that manner. Like Strung Out, I never understood that whole thing really. Um, stuff like that, so it's... it that Not that it's like Strung Out, but it just means... It was just stuff that was like falling in that category that just for me, I don't know. If I was just like leaving that Sonic...
0: I think.
1: And I have to stay awake. We have to
0: stay awake, indeed, Chris. <laughs> so we're back. We're back.
1: Uh,
0: a day later.
1: Yeah. Dollar shorter. Well,
0: podcast shorter. Podcast shorter. We're on our way home back to Canada. Indeed. And we have to wrap up this uh, kind of road trip version of footnotes, talking about Lars's podcast. We ended last time talking about the decline, and uh, you, you know you said it was not <laughs> your kind of music. I don't know how we got. Into it. Oh, I guess we were talking about the idea that, and outcome come the wolves
1: yeah. is
0: like the yeah. the high watermark yeah. of all the all your, the bands. You,
1: your your thought was that No Effects is, is the decline, which I don't you can't debate. It's not yeah. for me, but yeah, it's certainly. I, I feel like I'm not articulating myself quite properly in terms of my feelings on the decline I I'm okay with it I think my thing with the decline is is just I was not on not not even on board is the wrong word but I just wasn't wasn't con- concerned with it at all like yeah. if it had come out the height of my like like admiration for that group when I was really listening to it that a lot I would have been like really amped on it but it just kind of came out late for me so I didn't I kind of missed it so to speak came to it and just heard it after the fact and it never had the impact that it probably would have 10 years earlier or something anyway
0: okay I understand decline sometimes it's too complicated for those punk and drub like (laughs) no effects fans
1: that's true (laughs) I'm too stupid
0: (laughs) you just can't you can't deal with the intelligence being dropped on you you're right
1: I have another hot take opinion though and you're gonna you're gonna like
0: let's hear this one
1: my hot take this hot take legit is that so the decline is like that like the realized like a, a political statement record more or less uh, you know, and also technically proficient. Like, wait, sorry,
0: the Ronald Reagan's big '80s New Year's show. What was that? It was that sign? was a big sign back there. <laughs> Fitting. We, it was what, like the Ronald about. Reagan family, like the kids
1: yeah. doing a New Year's party. But anyway, go on. What I was gonna say is like, so No Effects makes that, and it, if I remember correctly, it came out second Bush term, I believe, uh, around there. Uh, I thought it was. I, I could
0: have sworn it was. Pre
1: 2000, like I, 99. You might know I more than I just could have sworn it was. I thought it was second Bush term, but I, I don't know. I'm,
0: I don't think so. No, because I was like, I remember by second Bush term, Fat Mike had kind of given up the ghost on Punk Voter.
1: Yeah, you, you very much might be correct. I just that, that in my mind at least, is where I place it. Okay, it could, could be wrong. Uh, what I was gonna say though is when I think of like, uh, for lack of a better word, like pop punk bands. Uh, making like politically uh, significant or strong statements at a certain point in their careers that aren't necessarily known for being inherently politically political bands let's yep. say. Um, so you, you cite the decline and I do think NoFX did embrace a lot of political things in that span of, of their career. Um, certainly early on I, I don't consider them a political band at all. But um, Unless you're considering unless you
0: consider the idea of being anti-animal liberation yeah, exactly. politics—if
1: yeah. anything, exactly—like they're provoking. You know what I mean, yeah. like, so uh, later on, I, d- I think they even do. Uh, I-, I remember seeing like some pro-animal stuff on their later records or some kind of thing, and I was, I was not shocked, but it was.
0: fact Mike went vegetarian for a while. He may still be vegetarian. Yeah, actually.
1: you know, which is you know whatever however everyone feels about that. But it basically was like you know that wasn't the no effects of. Liberal animation, yeah. Which even the title of that record suggests something that uh, the decline is certainly opposite of. But um, anyway, what I was going to say was the decline is like this, like realization of a of a group that isn't you know inherently political in nature, to me at least. Uh, and if you look at like, I'm more curious. Like, can you think of any other records like that where? even in just like more pop punky bands, I have one I can think of that I think is really good it's not necessarily like political in the same way The Decline is or like like. but um anyway Screeching Weasel major label debut are you mm-hmm. familiar with that?
0: that's the one on Fat? the EP on Fat? I believe fat? so I can't remember who released with Timmy O'Hannon the, the dis this diss song and Timmy O'Hannon on that? probably I, I don't know but it's got some of the worst I think, lyrics
1: I think Panic Button or not, well maybe in that song but there's like, there's a song about, like, from what I remember, again, in, in my poor recollection I haven't listened to it in a while, but I remember really liking, because that was a record has a lot, I'm sorry, that song aside, possibly, that that wasn't what piqued my interest, but they there's a song, ugh, Bad With Song Tales, I and mean, we don't have the resource.
0: God. I, I want to say, and I wish I had the resource in front of me to check the lyrics for this song, but I'd have to just probably Google them, but isn't it like, hey, asshole, your legs are chapped from all the dicks you suck?
1: Uh yeah there might be that now that you say that there's a vague but there was there's a song on it where it, it literally like uh it does kind of what the decline like the decline of from what i remember presents like a kind of like a narrative uh storyline kind of thing like if i remember like lyrically there's like a, there's like a obviously the theme is like like a political sort of it's like a bunch of, like,
0: slightly interconnected vignettes.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. It, but it serves an overall... Yeah, like the kind yeah, like of America. Exactly. Yeah. And so, the major labor debut angle as well, which surprised me from a group, again, not known to be terribly political, Screeching Weasel, that is, at the time, certainly, because um, this is, like, like, the height of Riverdales, and, you know, that's certainly not political at all, but... Um, Anyway, I can't remember the song. Until, we'll have to look at it another week when we got the resource, but and I'll revisit it. But I remember that really liking it. There was one song which like tears down the major label thing, and like talks about like money and all the issues with like capitalism and like weird. It's not like fully. It's not like propaganda or something. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but I mean, it, like you're hearing this for a minute, you're like, whoa, where did this come from? And it's actually like pretty impressive that's all I'm trying to say so for me when I think of records of like bands having that like epiphany or something that's one that comes to mind for me more than, uh, uh, than the decline just because it was a bit earlier and I was in,
0: they uh, did have kind of like quasi-political songs before whereas did, no effects I think yeah. that's what's so shocking about that album is like prior to that they had songs about <laughs> hot dogs in hallways yeah. they had songs about Bob Bob, Bob.
1: <laughs> Kids in this neighborhood. Yeah.
0: Um, linoleum. Linoleum. Uh, which are fantastic songs. Yeah, agreed, I agree. Yeah. Linoleum could arguably be political about homelessness. Yeah,
1: exactly. I agree. But what I said I thought about it. But still
0: like nowhere near as no. overt, but no. um what about Lagwagon's Island of Shame? It's like just like a B side. But that's as far as I know, that's one of the few. Super political lagwagon songs. I just
1: remember that. What is that on? It's like, on
0: Trash, the B sides collection, and they did a video for it. It's like, bam. Trash Bow, is a B side collection. Bam. Yeah. Bam Is Bow. it really? Yeah. Like
1: the L, the cl- I never knew that. I thought it was just like an LP.
0: I think it's like a, I'm, I'm 90% sure it's a B side collection. You could be right.
1: I, I have that record. Pretty sure. Like you
0: homophobic coward. You send them away. Yeah, yeah. To an island of misery.
1: You're not. I don't, like, again, I don't listen to that stuff these days that much, but I do... That
0: song, I still love. Well, no,
1: no, but I remember, like, like, that era of that band, I was like, yeah, this is... I was down with it at the time. Like, I I don't have any beef with it at all. Like, it's... Yeah, it's fine.
0: One of my my most surprising guests that's ever been on the show from my personal perspective, like thought I had it figured out no, uh, and subsequently every time I see him it just brings the biggest smile to my face yeah, like every time I talk to him and stuff you're
1: talking like, with Joey Cape Joey Cape is? from yeah. Lagwagon it's um, a good episode it's a short one
0: but it's it's a good one
1: yeah totally anyway uh, I don't know fine. I, what, are you, what are your thoughts do you, you have anything to dispute upon the case I um, no
0: I, I really I, I like what? it's your like that's the thing right like I think for me I would have been like you probably and been like oh I'm like a I'm, I'm not doing this to make you <laughs> no, sound crazy. silly, but like I'm a, I'm a hardcore kid. I like hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I can't have this, but because I was on mods and rockers, yeah, doing yeah. this kind of like pop punk radio just, show. Like it's
1: that early. Like, I think it's To me, it's like I feel like that came out honestly in like 2004. It's not. It's, it's not that late.
0: No, it's not. Like,
1: oh man, that's and, so
0: and you know what, Chris.
1: To look it up. I I'm
0: gonna look, look it up on the resource. Yeah. So everyone, if you're hearing something weird right now, it's me yeah. on my phone going to the resource. So, because we need to find this. I definitely department.
1: think it's in the 2000s for sure. I'll say that right now. But I thought it was like as late as maybe 2003 or four. Like I'm kind of shocked to hear like late 90s. I don't. That's not how I remember that. But because uh, I think like late 90s, I think of like that. what's that volume record? Pump up the volume and like
0: 99. It was released on November twenty third of nineteen
1: ninety nine.
0: Ninety nine, yeah. Yo, know, the clear vinyl version of that record is like a thousand plus dollar record or something. I feel maybe not that much, but I high. I feel
1: really old. Like I can't 99. Holy Anyway, okay. Yeah, um so yeah, you're right, that was kind of pre the whatever, the Bush second term thing. Uh yeah. Yeah, I'm perplexed. I I swore it was super late.
0: I'm trying to remember all the lyrics on the. The lyrics are about like gun control. There's definitely a gun control section in that song. There's a. uh, There's like a decriminalization of drugs kind of section in that song. There's a religion section in that song about religion. It's kind of like about these like forces that are tearing the country apart.
1: Yeah, I, I think that like I remember being impressed by the, the overall theme and like the whatever like it's well done it's a good it's, it's I wouldn't I'm not crapping on it it's just uh, yeah but what's what's crazy for me to think in my mind is like I was well you know and I shouldn't say this I still like this group it's like the records but I was well over listening to No Effects by 99 I just swore I was you know I, I don't know anyway uh yeah, I'm just... I thought it was much later.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris... Eh. It's probably the greatest 12-inch of the 90s. Oh, uh,
1: well.
0: <laughs> uh. I still
1: don't... I can't agree with that, but Chris, <laughs>
0: you know... Greatest pop-punk 12-inch of the 90s? Maybe? Well, greatest pop-punk 12-inch of the 90s. Like, just 12-inch?
1: <laughs> well, is it a 12... I guess it's 12-inch. It is 12-inch. Right I now. think it's 17 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, so... Uh. What is a better pop punk 12 inch in the 90s? I don't know. I don't think there
0: were very many. Like, so yeah. many labels were not even doing vinyl True, yeah, yeah. in any great quantity. But, um, okay. God, what a great record. I guess you could also say maybe the longest line.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that for me is a great one. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: That's no effects' step up point. Like, we we're talking about, and now come the wolves being rancid, <laughs> stepping up, but like, like you, I think you mentioned it before. I did, yeah. When when El Jefe joins the band and yeah. replaces I can't remember the other guy guitarist's name, who's amazing and I love his stuff on Ribbed, yeah. It that's when No Effects hits that kind of yeah. lane that they're gonna be in.
1: Which is funny because I agree with that idea of that's the lineup, that's the definitive lineup of that group. It's ironic that I like the record without El Jefe the most, but uh, and I never thought about it in that that way before. But yeah, that is. Yeah, like, I, I don't prefer, like, um, because White Trash, th- that'll, people well, I guess Longest Line and then White Trash are the first two things he did, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Longest Line is really strong. I like I prefer Longest Line to White Trash, uh although there's great songs on Like,
0: I'm, I'm trying to remember, it's just so long since I've listened to White Trash the whole way through.
1: Yeah, I, it's same, but I mean... Because I really
0: do jump from, you know, like, that, that record for me, even though it's, I think a lot of people's main no effects record
1: White Trash? Yeah Yeah it's fair I mean when that like, I remember having that like the shirt from that record and that I would wear and like
0: Did you have the shorts Chris?
1: I did not uh, Yeah I did but I didn't like I didn't really wear them like I had them I bought them and I don't I feel like I mail ordered for You'd them You'd have to mail order them I don't yeah. think they, I don't think they ever
0: brought them on tour Yeah
1: but I never really wore them they were like they weren't the right size and stuff so I never wore them My brother had would. blue
0: and green I think he traded his friend for the green ones
1: I probably would have worn them. Like, I never really... Yeah, we did... I don't know. They went to the right size for me. I never...
0: They didn't make them in my size.
1: Uh, the great thing about that is, like, I... I... Yeah. I'm happy. Like, like... By the way, talk, we talked the other week about, like, work... Work shirts, merch, and, like, weird... Yeah. Weird merch. Like, do we want to talk about how weird, like, that is? <laughs> like, 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 long jorts as merch? Like, that's... Anyway, silk-screened long jorts, anyway.
0: But all this shit's, like, back in style now. Like, you yeah, know, basketball it? jerseys. I mean, yeah, It wouldn't be that insane for a hardcore band to make a basketball jersey again.
1: I won't put... One thing I won't put past this is, like, I totally think someone will do the, that, like, the jort, the silk screen front side jort like NoFX did. Who it'll be? Who knows? But that'll definitely... Someone will do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I firmly, think, I firmly believe that, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, don't if you're listening to this, please. And if you do, send me a pair. I <laughs> thought too. We should do Turn Out a Punk once. Turn
0: out of Punk jorts. <laughs> Turn out of Put punk with T O A P on them? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Fuck. I think we might make a, a Turn out a Punk <laughs> shirt with a picture of those jorts on them. Yeah,
1: that would be great too, yeah. Yeah, this is like uh, this is the type of conversation that happens in the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The decline. I'm trying to think of where, what other Lars stuff to dissect here. What was the other stuff we we already kind of got into the Price thing? And...
0: Um, I guess like we uh, uh, we could talk about kind of the idea of like sick of it all and um, the relationship between sick of it all and rancid. Yeah. Being the bridge for so many kids to kind of enter kind of hardcore and be that next sort of wave
1: yeah I think see like I don't think a lot about that because I already liked and I'm not trying to be like I'm a cool guy but like I already liked Sick of It All I think honestly cause I'd have to look again I don't have the resource in front of me to, to cite but uh, like like, just look around is the first Sick of It All record I think I got into and I believe that's before even the self titled Rancid if I'm not mistaken like ninety, what? it's like
0: ninety two. I feel. Range 90. 92. 92, 93, 94. But I feel
1: like just like around might be like ninety one. Okay. Something. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, i I heard heard that. Like, I, I had the cassette when that basically came out. It's so like Injustice System. i remember seeing video for it and everything. Like, I had because for whatever reason on like metal, uh, like power thirty or hour whatever it was then, they played that. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah, I, I had known they were like vague you know vaguely not to we build, already
0: established that you were kind of coming at it for more yeah. of a metal but what I
1: what, all I'm trying to I say... Mean, is, I mean for like the
0: pop punk warp tour era? Yeah
1: yeah.
0: I think that was the bridge. Well, no it, totally totally
1: one. I just I all I'm trying to submit here is that like, yeah. I don't vividly remember that because I already knew Sigaville so I didn't put it this way,
0: Chris. Yeah. Do you remember when all played in Toronto or at London at the Warp Tour? How afterwards Every fucking kid at a show Would have like a basketball jersey on
1: Oh yeah yeah, like that Yeah
0: And it was like It was like the, the birth of The pop punk hardcore era Yes
1: Absolutely You're, you're, you're... So I think that's alright I've just uh, You Like this talking point I agree with And I like how he kind of Speaks a lot about it In the interview I just don't have any like Personal vivid connections with it Because I already had You know to me Rancid was a group I came to later That sick of It all So mm. I it didn't have the, um, I believe so. I have to look at the years on that. But Sick of It All, I like it was more of like the metal, uh, my metal thing, like touching on that or whatever. But um, Rancid, yeah, I don't know. I think you're correct in that. I'm just trying to think of other Sick of It All-like groups that may have crossed over enough to do. I, but yeah, I think that's probably correct. Because if I were to think about like records that I... That, like, I even like the Civ record but that came out later than this stuff and Sick of It All are on it and that would have been way my might have probably been certainly after Let's Go I would think maybe even after M Come the Wolves I can't remember um, yeah when was that yeah even H2O was another good example like I'd have yep. to look at when their first record or 7-inch record came out I don't these are all the ones I think of when I think of like what bands kind of like but I don't yeah Rance Sick of It All i never thought about it, but that's not a bad... Uh... Hey, Lance, you're, you're pretty correct in the bridge for that. I think that's probably pretty pretty correct.
0: Yeah, you're right. H2O, when we've talked about, would serve as, like, another huge one. Yeah. But, and but, those were, but, like, but, the again, first hardcore bands that played the warp Tour. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. I think... But, see, I think H2O, you
0: know... Not counting quicksides, 9mm. I know they are hardcore bands, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like... No,
1: no, all that. Agreed. The thing with those groups are, like, to, to talk on that for a minute... Because you are right, I had that Orange Nine Millimeter, the Rev EP, whatever it is, and I had the. I even had that major label album, like the. On AM, I think it was. Yeah, something? I can't remember what the hell it's called. Uh, I it driver, trouble. I feel like, I don't know, driver not included. I don't know something weird. It's like our wings are
0: clipped without the resource tonight, Chris. Yeah, it's, and I'm
1: driving, so my like double concentrating, but um.
0: And I'm micing, so in case you think <laughs> I'm just being lazy,
1: <laughs> but uh. I knew of that stuff too, and like, uh, and like, yeah, all those bands are, and like, arguably Rage Against the Machine, of course, like that's derived from mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. else. Which, but
0: do you think actually, like, people? It seemed like more hardcore kids knew that it was related to hardcore.
1: Oh yeah, yeah like I don't kids. think people had any idea. Like anyone, who, yeah, like I didn't really have any idea when Rage came out at all. Like that, that, and again, like at, when Rage came out, I, I, I'm pretty positive. I certainly. Rage, again. I think that first record's ninety one. I, I, I th- the first AF record I remember hearing was the live, and it was when it came out. It was that live at CB's? I had it on set. That was like eighty nine. I want to say eighty eight. So I knew of hardcore stuff, but I didn't know Inside Out, like like the the West Coast Inside Out. I didn't know the East Coast one either, Mighty. But, um, so it's yeah, it's weird for me because I don't have those same intro points as a lot of people do coming out, coming after, but. Again, only for those few groups. Like sick of it all and AF, were like one of the ones I knew. I didn't know a lot of New York hardcore stuff. But, yeah, but um, but I did like stuff like SOD. You know, it's another SOD and MOD, and because I like Anthrax, there's like links there, Biohazard, course, stuff like that. So there were there, those were the things I knew of before. So a lot of the like quote unquote like hardcore stuff that people came to later, like, the people that would, like, get into Straight-Faced and, like, uh, you know, when Blood for Blood kind of came out and, like, that kind of thing, I had already liked, like, the stuff, I liked that stuff, like, certainly Blood for Blood, but I didn't, you know, it didn't impact me the way I saw it impacting other people because I had known of some of it Yeah, Blood for
0: Blood kind of jumped into that stream. It's different than, I guess Straight-Faced had members of... uh...
1: I'm just trying to think of bands that, that were kind of like of that era that were like the hardcore sort of bridgey bands that people were like well, I like, see yeah. and like it like Ignite's Yeah Blood for Blood example. opened for
0: straight face on a tour. Yeah, yeah. And Blood for Blood kinda like dove into that yeah pop punk circuit a little bit.
1: I'm thinking of like Ignite S- even. Snapcase. Snap yep, Snapcase. Snapcase though I think style like sonically, stylistically uh, a little bit different. I would throw them more like the Orange Nine. They don't sound like this band, but in the sense of like how Orange Nine Millimeter, I don't like think of in the traditional hardcore sense, like of, of the. No, maybe not sonically,
0: but like they were a band that played with pop punk bands totally, and like yeah. put themselves out there yeah. a lot more. They didn't yeah. have a, like a terrifying image like Earth Crisis. No, agreed. Yeah, and they certainly, uh, you know, Strife was its own beast, I guess, yeah. but.
1: Later though as well. I yeah. guess
0: about the country that we're in too, in Canada, yep. being so close to Snapcase's kinda of hometown, their like spectre loomed a lot larger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to to a degree. I, I again I don't I think we're going off to, off the course a bit with the idea like you're saying with the rancid and the ridge bands. I don't I don't know if I'd give Snapcase that. I think Snapcase became more of like the when people got really into victory that kind of went Uh, along with it, at least from my recollection. I don't think
0: you were in the pop-punk trenches nearly as much as I was at this point, Chris, because I remember like the Snapcase jersey was a very (laughs) very like, you know, like you're at the the Less Than Jake snuff show. You're like man, there's a lot of good people in Snap. there must be this basketball
1: team called Snapcase playing around here tonight or something. (laughs) I do, like, yeah, it did seem like in that era, I will say uh, like the all of a sudden, that became a thing. Yeah. It was very uh, peculiar. But I, don't like I would know. say
0: they were the bridge band to victory for a lot of people. They were like uh, probably sold the most records during that era, I would
1: imagine. That's hard to say. I'm just trying to even think of like what was the first victory band I really kind of knew about or tried to listen to, or why did I. I don't know. I has got to be Earth Crisis or something, but I don't.
0: It was probably Earth Crisis for really me, but Snapcase remember. was definitely the first one I saw.
1: See, for me, Snapcase is like... I i was really, even at the time, only a fan of their last thing. So, uh, the, the funny thing for me is, I when, in my mind, I—I uh, I, they played with, like, Fugazi. They played, like, an infamous show that I never went to in my neck of the woods with Fugazi. No, no, we're good. Damien's worried about our travels. It's a, a little... No. Getting a little,
0: we're driving back to Canada, and somehow Canada's trying to prove all this American stereotype right. <laughs> because as we're getting closer, it's getting more and more arctic-like out here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Snapcase, but, oh, Fugazi. So I think of, when I think of Snapcase, I'm thinking of like more. I don't know the the Fugazi spectrum. It's, they don't sound like Fugazi by any by any means, really. But that more of that spectrum the non. Direct uh, post-hardcore, dare I say, uh, even though Snapcase was certainly more aggressive and more rooted in, arguably metal aspects, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, there's certainly like none of these points are far off. I just I don't know if I felt that way about it.
0: No, I'm not saying you personally. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I don't think these bands were necessarily my bridge bands either. No. But at the same time, I would even say a veil. So like a different style of hardcore too a different side especially be on Lookout yeah. you know the fact that they would exist in this thing and then later on Dillinger 4 would kind of serve that role a little bit lifetime
1: yep, yep. all those bands like uh, right now I think it's uh, talking about those kind of bands I think it's just...
0: that's all post all rancid to me
1: yeah it wrote, totally but it's also uh, those are just bands like when I think of the ones you just mentioned I think of things like Hot Water Music I think of mm-hmm. Uh, like Boy Sets Fire like stuff like that just like like I know think that think Boy
0: Sets Fire got anyone into
1: hardcore? No, no, no But that's like oh, I mean. Band. I, I'm just saying like I, I'm not thinking of bridge ones with the ones you'd set out like those last uh, like a veil D4 I, I would th- like to pit th-
0: though right now in, in Turner Punk fashion the two line filler straight edge song <laughs> versus the Boy Sets Fire straight edge ballad I don't
1: know I don't remember either I'll do respect I don't remember I, I never those weren't my cup of tea but
0: the most emotional <laughs> crucial edge ballads
1: <laughs> uh, the funniest uh, and speaking of that topic the funniest um, unintentional straight edge uh, song anthem which happens to also be a ballad uh, is uh, the winners lose by body count do you remember that song?
0: Like,
1: which record? Like, like Ice T's. Yeah, yeah, what record? The first one? It's on the first one, yeah.
0: No, I did not it's remember. It's like that.
1: a super corny, like, like the chorus is like the winners lose it all. So It's about basically like people falling victims to drugs and like, you know, like it's like a street song, but it's, it's super cheesy, uh, although that record is sick. Um, but anyway, yeah. That's a great that's a great topic. Unintentional straight-edge songs. Oh, these, these
0: these ones were very intentional.
1: Yeah, those ones were, but I Yeah. Mean, Unintentional I, Straight, straight songs. Count, you got Go to listen to Go for song. a soda yeah, by for sure. Kim Mitchell, Richmond, Jonathan Richmond. I arguably own it. Richmond,
0: Richmond I'm straight. Yeah. Um though we did hear it from the proverbial horse's
1: mouth the other day that I'm <laughs> yeah. straight had no influence on yeah. straight edge that was a great question you informing me of that is, is great that filled in it's funny in the jesse gander episode for deep who listen to the show that was brought up yeah because by, by jesse gander
0: he told me about jonathan richmond years ago when I was like too young to really understand how yeah, cool yeah, what he was yeah. telling me was yeah. he told me all about jonathan richmond yeah. and I'm straight yeah. and this whole kind of like yeah outsider guy and like I knew Roadrunner, but like yeah. didn't know how much deeper it went.
1: Yep.
0: And now I'm like, oh my god, yep. DBS
1: is even cooler. <laughs> totally. Yeah, infinitely. Um anyway, we've digressed that's a great new topic. Unintentional straight sauce. If you have any folks, then like hit us up because I like that idea too. But yeah, anyway.
0: Um, I guess like the other thing um when talking about Rancid. Did we talk about the fact that, like, I guess, do we? Did we talk about the Fugazi stuff?
1: No, I don't believe we did. But we, yeah, we can touch on that. Whatever.
0: Um, just like how you have these two, like, obviously different, very different time periods, but both bands kind of blazed their own trails. Yeah, totally. Um, but in very different directions. Yeah. But both, you know, tried in their ways best as they could to maintain that you know ethos that they had had the whole way through and kind of like I don't know I just find it a very interesting kind of comparison and study like obviously Lars is not into the uh, dance floor politics of Fugazi yeah. and you know which is which is totally fine you know like it's I mean I mean that I know it's fine like you know let people have their own opinions on that yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm talking about just, like, from the business practices of the bands and, yeah. like, you know, like, Rancid, you like, you know, obviously Rancid did quite well for themselves, you know, there's no sure. yeah, yeah. question about that, but, like, they could have cashed out.
1: Yeah, we kind of, like, we've been talking about this, like, over the days. We, It's been the funny thing about, like, being together, together on this thing for, like, consecutive days and talking a lot (laughs) um we probably talk like on top of doing these shows every night but like talking a lot about like these kind of wild theories or any little nuance but yeah sorry no no go on go on on. no no but so what i what i would say on that is like um what i will fully give you is that i do think and it's something i've come to realize after hearing that second interview with lars's and um you know just kind of like thinking about it more because i think my thing with Rancid is just, like, I like, to, you know, they're fine. It's just, it's not, they don't blow my, it's not like you know, it's just not, it's not, not my thing. Like, I like Rancid fine, I liked a few of the records, had them, and, and I'm fine with it, but it's, it, you know, it's just not something I revisit much, and it is what it is. However, uh, I never viewed them in, like, an a, a idealistic light. I always saw Rancid as, like, a, you know, like a punk band, like a band that was in the Mold of like a clash or a whatever, that kind of a group. The plethora of other groups that, that are like that. But in this context of like the idea that uh, no, like pretty much everybody sees Fugazi in a certain context. Yeah. It's rare that anybody like sees him in a different context. So, including Lars, who, who summed up the context pretty well, whether or not he agreed with it. So, um, I like that you're. Highlighting the idea of a group that is uh, arguably, but I, I feel still maintained integrity, created uh, uh, a true artistic vision to what they were trying to do, achieved it, uh, remained on their trajectory, and did it. Sort of uh, should be uh, commended for doing it as admirably. Yet in the history books, it doesn't. It's not that people like like hate on Ransom, but it's just.
0: There's no real acknowledgement of the fact yeah, that they... Yeah, I think,
1: like, Rancid aren't alone in that. I think there's a lot of groups that probably don't get that kind of uh, attention. But it's hard to also be that group. There's a lot of groups that don't deserve it either. Yeah. But, well, I'm
0: sure No Effects got offers. I'm sure Pennywise yeah, yeah, probably got offers. Yeah. But...
1: I think, like, NoFX, certainly. Like, mm-hmm. no Effects arguably be more comparable to Fugazi in the sense that, you know... Mike starts like the label situation too and then that's like a similarity in their own
0: so there's like and they've never like much like discord never had a band leave out of like a bitterness about business practices.
1: i I don't i think he said they had contracts now but they don't really have contract i don't know whatever it is they have they have contracts whatever it's but basically it was very yeah it's very like you know i don't want to speak for anybody's business practices or whatever people experience that label but i just mean from what I understand yeah pretty like like legit in that sense and again not something that people you know perceive I think the other thing is like not so much with Rancid but like no effects are like have silly things about them so the last thing a lot of people think about is like any serious kind of like I don't know notion Whereas like everyone thinks like of of the lat like the former like the Fikazi thing is like always super serious and like like that's what you think of. Like, you know, like the like, like the mm-hmm. trope you think of is uh, and I'm a Fugazi fan, but like this is like the very true for like the people who observe a lot. It was like, you know, you you can't like have fun. Like it's 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 about, you know, the the, the integrity of the music and, and all it, and it's you know, no effects is not that, you know, it's like yeah. a it's like a silly party, whatever. But yet they have the same um, vessel for delivery in many ways. Like like creating their own you know infrastructure for a label system and arguably whatever distribution maybe or uh, you know doing exactly what they want artistically at all times and creating you know, putting out a good number of records this isn't like one or two records that you're talking like two two decade long careers you know like stuff like that or longer mm-hmm. um, Rancid similarly like so but NoFX predates Fugazi right like they've been around did they, I can't remember when the first NoFX was but yeah like like the Mystic stuff it. Yeah, I would think like Fukazi's what, like uh, eighty six maybe or eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. So like, so, way him. Yeah. So either way, like, um, I like this this topic in the sense where it may predates to my ear. Now that I'm thinking about it, sorry, Chris. <laughs> that's okay. I like this topic in the sense of like perception. You know, like there's so many groups that are perceived a certain way, and in hindsight, often get revisited, and, and often it's it's cleared up. But there's mm. a lot of a lot of ones that don't. And I think. Your argument for Rancid is, 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 a, is a good one based on their, I think what it is is people often view success um, as compromise in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and that isn't always the case um, especially when you know uh, for me again Rancid aren't even like a group that is like my my thing entirely but I you couldn't I couldn't level an argument against saying they didn't do exactly what they wanted on their own terms at all times. Yeah, and that's the same thing Fugazi did, and you would never think that people would, you know, compare that. Like that argument in the nine like in the '90s would have never been even feasibly conceived. Like that just would have been a no. How could you even consider that? And like you know, fast forward two decades later or whatever. And yeah, I think it's. It's actually a reasonable comparison, despite me preferring one over the other artistically. Aside, but um, anyway.
0: Well, it's funny because we talked about the other day, and it was really funny hearing someone from the band say this. But like, you know, like there's almost this dismissal of this idea that like, which everyone says, including myself, that there will there can never be another Fugazi, you know. And then it was like to hear someone from Fugazi be like, "That's not true." like other bands could have done what we did see
1: but I think I, I yeah I, I kind of agree with both of you on that one because I think when you are that when you create that you therefore feel that you, like you, you genuinely believe that um that pioneering spirit has been fostered; therefore, there will be another. Yeah, like you almost have to believe that, and 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 hopefully there will be. You know, it's it's a great thing. I don't think there will be
0: anymore. I think but like we've I, yeah. lost the.
1: As a cynic, I'm with you though, because I, we've I lost the manufacturing yeah.
0: base. It's like it's like yeah. the idea of like yeah. a North American manufacturing industry that's gone away yeah. and right. trying to get it back. Yeah. Like people don't buy records anymore. That was an emperor empire built on people buying records, yeah. and they're good records. They're not yeah. forcing them to be bought, but. Yeah. It's, it's like you can't... And, like, we, we talked about this. There's a lot of bands that have tried, not necessarily to follow that path, but definitely have tried to follow that model. model. Sure, yeah. But as far as being a band that makes your, your quote-unquote, career, or at least, like, is able to pay your rent and all your bills and, yeah. you know, support a, some family at some point maybe off off music and do it on the way Fugazi did it, like, they're just... I haven't seen another one on that level.
1: Yeah, no. Exactly Or even approaching no, that. No, 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 agreed But but again, like, yeah This is like, you know We are talking about Like, you know uh, You know, this is a group We're talking about That's like Is uncharted territory It's like talking You know I, Far be it for me To make this comparison But it's like It's like talking about The Misfits Like Like, there isn't Another Misfits You know what I mean There's a lot of Groups that like Try to do that But it's not There's not been Really another one uh, there's not but there have
0: been other bands that have done like, like merchandise the shit out of things. Oh no, no like, for sure. I'm but not- I just
1: mean that just the the unique animal yeah. that is a specific group of people executing a specific vision, and you know, etc., etc. And I think Fugazi is that rare animal. You know, as was Minor Threat, um, which is where I think the credit is massively due to the to individuals involved in those projects. But. Um, uh, I don't remember what my point was here. I'm losing it, but it was something to do. Yeah, like so. The idea of it being like it's broke, the mold is broken now. From now forward, like, yeah, I tend to agree with you. Not only just because circumstantially things are much different, mm-hmm. but also because it's it's um. Uh, it's not like there's not there's not an obsolescence to it, but like there is a. But like the you- spirit should be where that is. Yeah. And so I fully see why the pioneering spirit people can't do, like won't wouldn't acknowledge that anyway. So I, I don't know. It's a difficult thing to say. Like, but yeah, like I think there were few examples then, and I think there are few to no examples now. So it's there's not much of a difference there. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Like you, this is your big. Point. I think this is going to be something we revisit over the next oh, no, thousands sorry. of episodes. Hopefully, I hope one day the interview happens for public consumption. Yeah. And this is a this is a debate that happens because it was a there was a riveting part of that conversation that I thought was really good. Like you both were, I don't know. Anyway, this is sort of burying the we're humble bragging as we say this now. So I'm going to stop. But
0: no, but I, like I think just to continue on it, like you know, and not to. You know, be this to death at this point, but there's a lot of bands that people are like oh, would point to and be like, "Oh, that band's doing it that way. That band's completely independent," but they're not as independent as Fugazi. No, they, but they can't be, yeah, right? Yeah. They're not able to yeah. sell through yeah. ten thousand copies of an album. They're not yeah. going to get on billboards selling their own vinyl.
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, that's like an infrastructural change, though, right? It's happening to all the music industry. It, totally. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, that's a that's a circumstantial like infrastructural change that like arguably will never return or you know so yes based on that you know theoretically that that then you know makes the odds lower that then you could ever get another group like or another whatever collective effort like but um what i what i think the argument would be was that uh it will be like a uh, if there is to be another group that approaches it in a you know fugazi like manner for lack of a better phrase uh, it will be Someone who's, who's clever enough To think of what How to circumvent uh, uh, That That lack of infrastructure And still exist And still You know super like Succeed or transcend boundaries But yeah I, As a cynic I, I'm kind of with you Like I, I don't But because I, What I I see a lot of really small Independent groups That last Very um, like most punk that last very little time and come come and go very quickly and that seems to be the life of a lot of punk bands It's it's, but yeah, in terms of like you're talking like decades long careers and like creating full infrastructures and being able to live off of it yeah, I think that's going to be extremely difficult and do it with zero compromise and zero sponsorship And for me, I just think that you know, as a cynic admittedly, I, I don't really... I'm with you. I just don't really see that being a a possibility. But, perhaps people can prove me wrong. I I don't... I don't know. I'm willing to entertain that idea, but... What about...
0: Was it Migos that has that fuck major label thing?
1: I don't... Yeah, I don't know. They're definitely like you... There's probably rappers
0: that are doing it on an independent level.
1: Well, it's funny that you kind of... It's funny that you say that, because we... Again, humble bright. We, we did something today, but we saw we were some editing footage of, of some documentaries that deal with rappers. And, and like, what came to mind uh, was one. Like, I was watching this, and it, it's like a big production. And uh, I didn't know who the rappers were mm-hmm. really. Like, I was like, I don't even know who the hell this is. And I, I kind of follow that world, uh, you know, at least as best I can. So I just thought like, it's the new frontier of like you know the diy thing which is kind of the most interesting to me in in a way or will become more like this is like yeah like rap and hip-hop embraces that a lot now because out of necessity and also because of like again back to like infrastructures changes they're not they're not reliant on pressing a tangible product to you know get a dj to play or whatever kind of nonsense used to exist now it's like okay i want to make you know I make. Mix- I want to put my mixtape out as soon as possible and put it on SoundCloud and you know, and then then like this snowball gets that's built from there. But like, um, I I I do feel that yeah, that genre because of the popularity is going to be the interesting thing because you're going to have more you know independent artists out of necessity uh, doing it. And I do think it will be you know it's more likely to be something like that based on like what. The, the zeitgeist of like what not just young people but I don't know you you, you hear that more like, like, like it's, you know whatever like it's not, da, not dance is the wrong word you know what I mean like it's more presentable in the public sphere in vogue at the moment yeah like you're not hearing like there's no new strokes right now or something that's dominating the radio like you know like whoa we, we just saw a, a wolf. wolf cross the highway uh yeah, that scared the fucking shit out of scared me. scared the shit way. of me, too. So, um, yeah, I don't remember my point now.
0: <laughs> You're hungry like the wolf yeah, for like more wolf. conversation yeah. about electronic music, rap music, being the new yeah. frontier of DIY.
1: I think it could be. I, again, I don't follow it closely enough to, to point, but, I, yeah, I think, I just think it's interesting because it's, it's largely a genre that I've never seen as something that has embraced it as much as I, it seems to lately. Yeah, I don't know if that's out of, again. I don't know if it's out of necessity, and also because I think people are doing. Um, not that people weren't doing creative things in that field previously, but uh, they are now. Like again, like just citing someone like Danny Brown, which I talked mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you and another individual about earlier. Like just like interesting things. Like I always thought, totally nerdy here, and this is a 420. Go figure. Uh, conversation in the A.M. Uh, <laughs> um, what I thought of like older Dirty when he lived, when yep. he was alive, the thing I wanted more than anything was like, and RZA produced great records but it was rumored he was going to work with all these different producers and like, of course he passed you know, when, kind of while it was happening. Uh, I always was like, I wish he would work with like Cold Cut or like, you know, someone like that. Like I, I just thought that would be cool. And that's what I see like that genre doing now I actually kind of see that I see like it's like that kind of production it's like almost this like electronic hyper whatever things that are like embracing that kind of stuff and, and to be fair I feel like Africa Babata and stuff like that was embracing that first wave in and then somehow that got lost but um anyway this is a whole digression well, of hip-hop this is not punk so I think yeah. all like
0: all genres go through yeah you know like developments and yeah. you know film genres and stuff like that and like you know you look at rock and roll and kind of coming out of 70s you have this reaction to this sort of big 70s like stadium rock or prog yeah. rock or whatever in the form of punk rock kind of happening right after it yeah I think with rap kind of coming out of like the major label well, I don't know, I guess bling era of rap or yeah, like yeah, is yeah. that you have this sort of Reaction to it in this really, and not saying it is related to punk rock in any other way than this is because it's its own unique thing, yeah. But this is almost like the reaction to that where it's like you don't need the big budget video, you make a low budget video with all your friends and,
1: and yeah, shoot it on your phone, shoot on your phone, yeah. Um, well, that's the, the like again, it's the, the um, whatever the the like the that's the new infrastructure and yeah. you can do it and, and the means to do it is not crap either like you could have done that before Any, like people could, could have bought a, like a, whatever a large video camera when they were awkward and you know carrying that around sucks but they didn't, they didn't look particularly great either and you know no rappers were shooting Super 8 videos either but those looked cool too
0: not to get political uh, but did you see when Kanye West got out of the elevator with the Donald Trump thing no, there was a guy behind him holding one of those big ass '80s camcorders, really? filming. Yeah. Wow.
1: Here anyway, we go back. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised, I guess, either, to hear that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, I didn't really have a point other than, yeah, I, I like, yeah, I, I to talk to swing it back to punk. though. Sure. I think, like, if you insist, Chris. If I insist. The the punk thing, though, we're like the hip hop. Like we're kind of like the. De- going off track but we're, we're not really like I wasn't kidding when I was talking about the African Mabata thing like it's funny I was watching uh, an excellent documentary which who brought that up Jason the other night in DC Jason Hammacher Hammacher brought it up in DC Shad uh, did it yep oh uh, yeah the evolution
0: of hip hop yeah
1: great documentary it is excellent it's four parts excellent uh, you know for people that are interested you, you, there's things you'll already know but it's just kind of cool you know anyway uh but yeah it discusses like bambada like going bringing it you know downtown you know like from from the like the actual you know the hood so to speak to downtown like new york that is Mm. like first wave and yeah like punk embraced fully like he talks about them djing like artsy clubs with like punk people going and like so like there is that connection early on like that 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 exists, right? Yeah. So, like, we're discussing these things, and yeah, they're far reaching now, and it might seem ridiculous, but you know, really, even when you look at Bombada in that era, like, he's got a fucking mohawk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's kind of got that, like, whatever, that fucking Mad Max punk vibe, and they, you know, you even hear those guys talk about that stuff, and of that era, and, like, yeah, they fully were aware of, you know, that shit. Like, it wasn't like. And those worlds embraced. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, actually, that from that about that time after, you have like marginal things. Really, like, like when I think of like th- the most melding, you have things like like rap rock. You know yeah. what I mean? Like later, like like probably a decade or more later. But
0: before that, sinister beast evolves. Though we we like Dan Yemen talked about his first show they ever saw. Yeah, yeah. In New York was like oh yeah, that was huge. What
1: was against, like a, um, it was a rock against Cosmoral racism. War, yeah.
0: Reagan youth. And then Roxanne Shantae.
1: There was one more, but yeah, but the, the oddball, out was like, well, oddball is amazing, Roxanne yeah. Shantae. So yeah, you have, that's a perfect example, too, of like, and even actually arguably Public Enemy, like like Public Enemy comes out, and you'll hear mm-hmm. people cite that to death now. It's like a very, you know, of course. Cliché you know. kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's cliche, and, and as it should be, it's fucking phenomenal. Those first Public Enemy records are absolutely next level and contain the aggression of punk full on without being punk. Wow. I know, or arguably, maybe are punk, depending on your broad definition. But and Chuck, D. love, like, knows punk, like, I, like yeah, you know? Yeah, of
0: course. I've, like, I'm not pretending we're friends or anything, but in my brief <laughs> conversations, he has dropped some knowledge that shows that he is a fan of the genre, and definitely,
1: yeah.
0: it, it has influenced him in a way. You know, obviously, not sonically, perhaps because. Public Enemy is its own amazing thing unto itself, and yeah. not take anything away from it. But at the same time, you can tell that he is—he enjoyed punk and took yeah, something away from it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So uh, I guess we've kind of brought that around to the punk hip hop. I don't remember where how we got on that. You but spend the night with
0: Andy Capper, you're going to wind up talking about rap for the yeah, rest of the annoying.
1: evening. So be it. That's wonderful.
0: Um, <laughs> I guess like before we wrap up, because we have now talked for a very long time and I did say that I was going to force you to listen to a wrestling podcast um, <laughs> yeah,
1: let's do it.
0: but I guess to like kind of end off I, I look looking back on that time period like looking back on, on you know what we're talking specifically which is like the let's go to an outcome the wolves which wasn't for much your time of like awareness of this genre but for me this was like I was already into the stuff but this was the when I got thrust into it you know this is when I was like really like
1: really I mean, you're talking to get thrust into punk hardcore like that's what you're talking like from, yeah, yeah yeah. Okay. like it was from it was from but I wouldn't and, see but to be fair here I think you again I could be wrong but I mean, my um, yes I did know some of these groups I never contextually really grasped like hardcore punk I knew what punk was And hardcore was like uh, Sort of an abstract concept to me Even in that time period It was just like I got into like Metal and kind of extreme metal And that stuff at the same time And to me it was just all kind of the same Like whatever That spectrum of aggression And there was no real like I don't know Quantifiable entity that I thought You know was like this unique thing I don't know how to explain that But Um But whereas you I think grasped the Uh I think you contextually grasped hardcore in a tangible way before I did is what I would argue. Um, even if you maybe heard something later than me or something, but I don't think like we're both we both got stuff at the same time. I just think I heard a few things from metal probably earlier than I would have normally or something. Yeah, but
0: I, mean, I I just think like this was the this was the period that begat the you know, like a lot of the people that would wind up being the scene that we're a part of. Yeah, totally. And it's just, it's amazing to think that, you know, like what a role Rancid played in that. Like without Rancid, so it's just Offspring yeah. and Green Day blowing up. Yeah. Maybe it's No Effects is the number two. You know, and that's not, like that. Mike definitely reps, like hardcore today in a major way, but I don't remember him doing it as much back then.
1: Yeah, no, He reps other
0: fat stuff, but like would it have... Like, would you have had that kind of like, that sick of it all East Coast West Coast bridge, thing that Lars is talking about? Like, well, would would I, it have happened otherwise? Yeah,
1: like, like, I never thought about. Like, I never thought about that till this interview. And i yeah, like I, I can't think of how you would like. It should. It would have. I'm sure in some other capacity happened. But like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong. But I can't think. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's not that I'm hesitant to say it definitively i just i yeah you're probably right i just never have thought about that before like I don't, you know rants that i just always saw as like you know like yeah like making that bridge with i don't know like yeah I, yeah i i i'm gonna concede now as i don't I, yeah i think it's a decent point but i think you had more of again you were more realized even now in that what was what was linking those things then than i was i I like both those two groups in different sides of my mind. I never really put them together. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you go to that
0: Warped Tour in London when All played? No. no.
1: Okay. I've seen Warped Tour, uh, All. pardon me, at Warped Tour in 90... Oh, I don't even remember what year. Uh, but yeah, uh, but no, not that one. And I never, I've never, i never seen Ransom play in it live, which we've discussed more before. We have.
0: <laughs> blown away by that, Chris. We're going to have to change that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I like. I will say that, like, I don't know, but I, you know, I don't dislike that that theory of yours about this, or if not theory of maybe like at, actuality of that. Like, I don't. Well, I think mean, it's still a
0: theory. We haven't we haven't <laughs> used any controls to come up with it or anything. <laughs> no, but yet. I think it's, it.
1: I think you're because I, I like that you um, you frequently talk about the idea of like the pop punk junk hardcore or whatever. Like, yep. like when you graduate almost and this is not to say that like pop punk is beneath hardcore but all that. Well, I think and also
0: this comes up in a future podcast that you will all hear but there are hardcore bands that almost jump back, back.
1: yeah totally
0: and like you see yeah. that now with yeah. like well obviously Lifetime and, and stuff yeah. like that but like now even like Title Fight and stuff like you know yeah 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 are,
1: there's, I think that's always been sort of yeah
0: um, Brian Baker going from Minor Threat to yep yep there was some weird steps in between but winding up in bad religion
1: I would you know you can argue that descendants as they progress get more funky than they were initially it's just yeah there's there's a good you know yeah I think um these are all interesting um whatever topics I don't uh you are. Uh, you're once again. You've hit on something that I wouldn't have <laughs> thought about. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's. I'm okay with it for now.
0: Well, Chris, I as think it's going to as the snow starts. As the snow starts, we will uh, bid you adieu, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. If you want any to touch with me, head over to damianabraham.com. There's an email address. Email on social media. A for Damien. Uh Go over to YouTube.com and check out bloodlust tournament of death and uh, that's I think that's it for plugs right now going no,
1: um, punk at uh, sorry turn out the footnotes at gmail.com to reach us directly uh, directly correct and uh, yeah I think
0: that's it And that's it uh, thank you everyone for listening uh, thank you Chris for making this fucking tour
1: awesome hey man I'm sure we'll discuss it more in the next episode oh so. it's
0: gonna be yeah well I don't think the next one well
1: yeah. you know what I, mean. I think we got a, I think we' got
0: a couple I'm gonna got a couple episodes in between these ones coming up. But yeah, we're going to get to it. Uh story, everyone, that the episode coming up this week with Gerard Cosloy is so late. I've been podcasting like a fiend and now I have to go travel, but it will be coming very soon. I promise you, um, you know, keep your ears peeled. And also a live clobbering time is coming very soon because we did a live clobbering time on tour and Chris got to hear his first ever Clobbering time. (laughs)
1: That's true. It was good. Okay, well, well, that's
0: excellent. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. That was good. That was great. That was good.
1: I thought we.